Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everyone. I'm Sean Callahan. And hey, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. Mark, have you uh, seen our new... Uh, oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess what we were thinking is that, you know, when we first did the cover art for Anecdotally Speaking, uh, it was a, a... We had to do it pretty quickly... It was sort of a grey background. It didn't really stand out so much. And so we now have the anecdote green as the, the background. You'll see some, you know, interpretations of Mark and my uh, half heads. You'll see that there. But also we put on the, um, on the cover art just a reminder what this is all about, which is to build your business story repertoire. So you'll sort of see that on the cover art as well, a little reminder. But we want people to subscribe to the podcast i don't know if you know but if you just go to your podcast app on your phone uh, search for anecdotally speaking and you'll find a little subscribe button there and that way you'll get every episode as we release them they come out every tuesday morning at 7 a.m and we've got 66 episodes up that's 66 stories to add to your repertoire so yeah please subscribe i think you'll um you really enjoy the, the, you know, building up that uh, practice, you know, telling new stories. Yeah, I was talking to one of our, uh, to a lady I've been coaching for a little while. I was talking to her yesterday and uh, she was raving about it. She said she loves the, uh, the podcast and uh, looks forward to each episode and she's been sticking them into her story bank. So that's exactly what we want to, uh, we want to achieve, helping people build their repertoire and also understand how to use these stories in a business context. Exactly. And to that, we have a, a new story. Mark, you've got a story for us today. Fire away. I do. I do. I do. This is, this is about understanding the importance of always keeping your eye on what you're trying to achieve. And um, many of you will be familiar with Bruce Springsteen and the, and the E Street Band, who are famous for their live concerts. And the industry standard for concerts is kind of 90 minutes to two hours. Well, Springsteen and the E Street Band regularly go over three hours. And the record, they set the record in 2012. It was uh, four hours and six minutes in Helsinki. And most of the time, these concerts are without breaks. And, you know, it's high energy, crowd surfing, full on rock and roll. Uh, pretty amazing, given that the guy's now 70. Um, so... Uh, he's been he's been doing this a long, long time, five decades, and still maintains the same energy. Now, a few years ago, he was doing a series of eight concerts in a row, and there was a reporter writing an article about the band, and he noticed that every every night it's the same. Springsteen gives this amazing concert, incredible high energy, the full the full nine yards, and after one of the, oh sorry, before one of the concerts, the reporter said to him. How do you keep doing this night after night, year after year? And Springsteen said, come with me. And they walked over to, to the side of the stage and Springsteen pulled back the stage curtain and they look out on tens of thousands of people waiting for the concert to start. And yeah, there's kind of that buzz of excitement. And Springsteen goes, what do you see? And the reporter looks out and he goes, you know what, I, I see Springsteen fans. I see music lovers. And Springsteen says, I see something different. I see people who've traveled long distances to be here. I see people who've saved 
to be able to afford to buy the ticket. I see people for whom this might be the only experience they ever have of Bruce Springsteen in concert. And my job is to make sure that they experience the Bruce Springsteen concert. And so I can never uh, take my eye off the ball. He kind of talks about this as being a contract that he, that he, he sees it as a contract. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he said he's always taken this seriously, always, every time, delivering a great performance. And so it's pretty amazing. He just looks at, looks at his client base, his customers, in a particular way and makes sure that he never lets them down. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? And, and to be able to do it for 50 years, right? That's because I, mean, I guess he has that. It's a strong purpose that he has embedded in him and about what he wants to do for those people who come along, right? He doesn't uh, want to let them down. Doesn't want to let them down. Absolutely. Always, yeah. always bearing that in mind. And uh, yeah, it, I guess if you've got that strong purpose, it just enables you to do that thing to a high quality time and time again. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, that's, that's terrific. Now I think uh, there's so many things to chat. You wouldn't think a little story like that is there's lots of things to talk about. I think um, one of the ones is, and we were talking sort of off, you know, before the session here about how you've heard people use this story, right, Mark? And or, or, or similar sort of stories. And, and just that experience of going and seeing something like that and then the next week or the next day in your workplace to be able to recount that experience. What was the one that you, uh, you were telling me about, the, uh, about that colleague? Oh, that was, yeah, so we, we uh, ran a, uh, um, the Storytelling for Leaders program for Dell here in Australia back in 2017. And as part of... So, we always have the deliberate practice program helping people embed this skill for the six months following. Well, one of the senior senior folks gave some feedback and he said, uh, I had a kickoff today as uh, at the start of our quarter. You know, we've got some, a lot of work to do to hit our targets for the quarter. And I, I don't want people to take their eye off the ball when it comes to customer experience. And, and he said, and, and uh, last night I went to see a Bruce Springsteen concert. And it was amazing. So crowd surfing, high energy, three hours, 67-year-old guy, it just absolutely stunning. And he said, and it's, it's interesting, 32 years ago, Michael Dell was launching Dell back in, you know, in, his, uh, in his garage as Bruce Springsteen was starting his concert career. And my dad took me to a Bruce Springsteen concert when I was 14 years old. And I was amazed then at how energy, how high energy it was. And 32 years later, I go to another concert last night and it's the same level of energy. And so we in Dell need to make sure that we're still applying that same level of energy, just like Bruce String. Anyway, and, and he, he connected it was, just, the situation. It was so good yeah. how, how well it worked. Yeah, so, it, is, it is fantastic. And I, I reckon this is one of the things that we need to look out for as people who use storytelling, you know, in business systematically and purposefully, you've got to be looking out for the experiences that you have, right? And how you weave them in to the points that you're trying to make it work. That's where the true value of this actually happens. And, you know, the, that story, I mean, it's, a, it's a fairly basic little story, right? but it has a couple of things which I think people lean into. One is um, 
it's a celebrity that just about everyone knows in the Western world, right? Talk, you say Bruce Springsteen, most people, whether you like him or not or like his music or not, you know who he is and you appreciate that this guy's a stayer, right? And this yep. guy's been just you know, smashing it out of the park for a long time. So anyone who does that, you've got to have a certain amount of respect for. Um, so there's that element of it. But I think the other element is uh, just some of the nice uh, details in that story. Like when Springsteen takes the journalists and pulls, literally pulls back the curtain, which I think is very metaphorical, right? Uh, Wizard, of Oz, <laughs> Wizard of Oz style, pulls back the curtain and sort of says, okay, this is what it's about looking out at that audience. I can really picture that, you know, and of course we know that's, that's what makes good storytelling is when you can see it and feel it. Another part of that story that I like is that the data is kind of impressive, right? The, that he's been doing it for 50, uh, 50 years. I, I did partic particularly want to include the, uh, the, the length of his concerts and compare it to the industry standard just to give people an idea of just how far above and beyond this band goes, which kind yeah. of, for me, adds, it emphasises how this persistence is, you know, the ability to keep doing it time and time again is so impressive because it's yeah, not it's just... Ordinary. Yeah, it's, it, is, it is extraordinary. It's, remar it's remarkable. It's worth remarking on. Now, I don't suggest you go over the top with that sort of detail, but I just thought that was a really nice little detail. Um, and uh, I, I also, this, you know, in 2012, where he had the world record concert in, in Helsinki, just to... Anyway, I thought that, that adding those very small bits of data in, not essential for the story, but they do add, add to the story. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It just builds up the credibility. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. What would we do to make that story even better? Do you think? Well, you, you could. And in fact, it's arguable whether this would make the story any better. Let's talk about would knowing more about the reporter and the, the magazine that the reporter was writing for, would that add value to the story? No, minimal, I'd say minimal value. I mean, I think, just now, with a reporter like that, they're sort of a side character. You can sort of see them almost like a, a fairy tale character. You say reporter, we kind of all have an image of a reporter. That's all we need to know, I think. That's yeah. my. So there's a generic thing that we all know called a reporter, and we kind of haven't. Yeah. So, so we don't need to amplify that too much. And it's, it's details that you don't need. Uh, yeah. Sorry, they're details that are hard to remember. Right. Oh, that's so right. You, exactly. you kind of complicate your ability to use this story if you try to add that, that level of detail in. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And, you know, I think, you know, if I think about it, it's sort of like, um, it's a bit like if you wanted to improve that story, it's, it's kind of like adding drama to it. I mean, the drama is very small in this, in the sense that it's just pulling back the, the curtain and, and, and asking that question, which if, I tell you what, for a business story, that can work perfectly. You don't have to make it dramatic. Um, but I remember Aaron Sorkin uh, on one of, I think the masterclass that he does on screenwriting. Uh, there's a, you know, masterclass.com. So He's Aaron Sorkin as in the, uh, the uh, script writer for West Wing. The West Wing. Yeah. And, you know, he sort of said, well, the difference between a story and drama 
is the dr dramatic element of it. And I think this is the bit that people head down the wrong path with a lot of business storytelling. They tr they're trying to learn too much from Hollywood and that um, dramatic arts, if you like, whereas the stories that are told in organisations tend to be quite small. And you and I know this, Mark, because we have must have collected in our years of uh, doing story elicitation in organizations, I don't know, maybe thousands, definitely thousands of stories. Many thousands, yeah. Many, many thousands of stories. And they're all small, tiny, you know, almost, I would just say, you know, like hardly noticeable things, right? And so you don't want your stories to be too big and too dramatic because they don't sound authentic in a business environment, okay? Yeah, yeah, that's right. People often look for the big thing rather than just the everyday thing. And if you remember uh, one of the leadership programs that we we're running for uh, a, a tech company uh, here, and there were uh, there was a variety of stories. Some 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 really big stories about the death in the plants that had been really well handled and how you know that was really well done and and it was it was a very very impressive story, but really really rare, right? So. But other, other stories, one that stuck in my mind that, that had really had an impact on people was a, a lady talking about how she delivered an intranet project and uh, had been given, you know, like the, the all hands meeting and an award and, you know, you know, employee of the month and blah, blah, blah. And she said, yeah, that was all, you know. but I walked into my, into my uh, office one morning, I uh, you know, walked into the office and walked up to my desk and on the desk was a Gucci handbag and a, uh, an envelope with a handwritten note from my boss just saying, that was an absolutely awesome project. So proud of you. You've done a great job. Blah, blah. And she goes, you know what? I don't know where that bag is, but I've still got the note. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, like the little things like that, how they can have uh, a huge impact. So don't yeah. overlook the little things. Yeah, because what I was about to jump into is, okay, so what could you do to amp up the dramatic uh, tension oh. in that... A story and then I thought to myself well it don't need to right you know it's quite fine as it is it makes the point and it's a straightforward story that's got some good elements to it right yeah yeah and yeah that, that issue of drama I always say to people the whole purpose in business is you can demonstrate drama without being dramatic you can convey emotion without ever needing to get emotional and and that's what you want to aim for rather than the Aaron Sorkin Hollywood, you know, really amp up the drama and be very dramatic. And Springsteen was furious. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely we don't want to go down that path, eh? Yeah. Um, so let's, let's have a chat about um, what, how we would use this story in a business context. I mean, you've already sort of given an example how a, uh, one of your customers have, have used it. Uh, but what would be the business point that you'd want to, or maybe multiple business points you'd pull from this particular story? Well, I'm just imagining people that have uh, customer facing roles and it's easy. You know, I want them to, to apply the same level of, of care and attention to the last call of the day as they do to the first call of the day. And so I might share that story. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. That's a nice one. And I think too, it's, you know, always like you could tell it as uh, we've got to really have in our mind what our purpose is here. 
Like, what are we trying to achieve? You know, and then tell the Springsteen story as a purpose story because he under he has that really well embedded in his mind. When you said that uh, thing about purpose uh, early in this episode, it really resonated. And I thought, yeah, this is a superb purpose story. If you've got a clear purpose, it allows sustained high performance. Yeah. And always bearing your purpose in mind helps you keep focused and keep delivering and et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, yeah from a, I love it as a purpose story. Um, Persistence is another one. Yeah, yeah, true. Yep. And I think there's something around uh, customer service. I suppose you've already touched on that, but yeah, I think that's a, another one. Um, it kind of reminds me, uh, I ha- it did remind me of another band story that uh, I had as an experience. I went and saw Franz Ferdinand play uh, at the um, oh, what's Festival the Hall. At Festival Hall, just down the road from your house, right? And... It was so interesting. The uh, you know the main singer there, or the lead singer, is a, is a guy called uh, Alex Kapranos or Kapranos. Actually, is probably how you say it. Um, and he's a he's a master. Uh, I don't know, sort of band leader, if you like. And the thing that really stood out for me was you know it was a packed um, packed audience, uh, lots of people just standing. You know, it's almost in you know standing up in the in front of the band and towards the end um, the guys, you know, as they're playing the instrument, they're just about to launch into their biggest song. Right. And, but as they start, they, they lower their volume and they just say, everyone get down, everyone get down, everyone get down. And everyone starts to, you know, sort of get down on their knees, you know, right. As, as low as they could. And they say, hey, we'll keep down, we'll keep down. And then they just turn it up to 11 and, you know, and they just went, everyone get up! And everyone's jumping up and going crazy. And then that was the end. They just took a bow and walked off the stage. And everyone's going, yeah, this is the best concert in the world. And everyone's filing out. Oh, wasn't that amazing, you know? And it just reminded me of that peak end rule, you know? Yes. And it was just a terrific example of how to end an experience. So it didn't really matter what else they did during that concert. But because they ended that way... Um, you walked out there on cloud nine. It was just unbelievable. So uh, anyway, that it's a, it's a different concept, but just the idea of band stories. A band what, story. Band, a band story. Stories, stories yep. remind you of stories. Yep. Um, yep. Good. Okay. So anything else we want to say about um, point of the story? No, I think that that, uh, that about covers it. It's good. a, one of the things that I do like about it is that it's pretty easy to tell and it does make a powerful point. So yeah, definitely. Okay. Some, let's give it a rating. Hey, um, for me, I, um, I don't know. Can we do halves? <laughs> I'm going seven and a half on this one. It might actually might even give it an eight. It's a story I, I reckon I'll use. It's a simple story. I can remember it. I can remember the people, and you know I can picture it. I can yeah, I'm I'm giving it an eight. Um, an eight. We don't have many nines and tens, do we? No, no, no. Why, I think we're, we're pretty that? harsh. We're pretty harsh judges. Why don't we ever get some nines and tens stories? Okay, that's our. That should be our task. Let's oh. see if we can get a nine or a ten. Yeah, I, I I do think we're pretty harsh uh, harsh judges though. So, 
Um, good. Okay. Now, there's something else I'd like to talk about before we finish, and yep. just surprisingly, and another thing. Uh, now, uh, the purpose of this podcast is to help you build your story bank. Stories are like raindrops, right? They fall down all around us unless we have a container to collect them in. They just evaporate or they run down the drain. And, and so we want people, we want to make it easy for people to collect stories and, and have a repertoire. And so this podcast does that. But we have another resource that I'd like to talk about, which is designed to help you uh, find your own stories you can use at work. And it's a tool on a website and it's called Anecdotally Sunday. And we'll pop a, a link in the show notes and you can go to the learning page of our website and learn all about it. But what Anecdotally Sunday is, is that each week we email you a question. It's a story eliciting question or a, or a picture that, that might remind you of an event that happened. Now, some weeks you'll get the, you'll get the question and it, will, it won't have much impact on you, but some weeks you'll get the question and it'll take you like a laser beam to an event and that's what you put into your story bank. And so the whole purpose is just another way to help. Uh, and, and this is a different sort of story. The anecdotally Sunday, it's about finding your own stories. And so uh, it's another resource you've got to help build your, your repertoire of stories and, and, and uh, increase the balance in, in your story bank. Yeah. So would love for everybody to, to follow the link in the show notes. That's uh, on the resources, uh, the, sorry, the learning page of our website. And let us know if you, if you get one of these questions and it triggers a story that you can use. Would love to get that feedback. Yeah. So anecdotally Sunday. Yeah, and that's another trigger, a trigger to help you remember your stories. Well, I think that's it for today. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to Anecdotally Speaking. And, yeah, tune in next week for another episode on how to put your stories to work. Bye for now. Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio.